This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. You are now listening to the Heroic Council. You know, I've made a lot of intros for a lot of different things. I seriously don't think I've ever made anything that I like as much as this. It's, it's powerful. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like, that's just such superhero music. Like, I, I just want to, like, grab my shield and get out there and save the world. I just love it. Every time, every episode. I want to see how many episodes we're going to get into this where I just, like, it becomes, like, oh, like, background noise to me because it gets me hyped every time. Not even kidding. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was part of the script for you to say how much you love the intro music. No, it's not. This is freestyle every time. Me just legitimately... <laughs> giving myself accolades for putting that together and uh and really appreciating that excellent music i just it just gets me so hyped that's great yeah. and we need the hype when we are talking about burnout which we are today yep so let's get into it i, I want to start by just thinking about what is burnout in the first place and what that means to us um i don't know if you guys know but the world health organization now recognizes burnout as an official condition and what i talk a lot about is that burnout was the epidemic that we had before covid so this is real this is not going away it's been around for a long time i think now more and more people are starting to talk about it so let's start our conversation today with what is burnout and how each of you define burnout so jeff you want to lead us off yeah sure i'll start us off with it um so to me burnout is um to me, burnout is like the, the point that you get to that's actually past the point where you're done. So like to me, I feel like burnout actually happens prior to your recognizing that you're burned out. So you have a certain capacity for intaking information, a certain capacity for thinking creatively, a certain capacity for number of hours you can pay attention at a given time. And there comes a point at which you eclipse that and your body, your 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 mind just says, yeah, no more but you don't even recognize that it's like sort of like touching a hot pan. Like at the point at which you touch the hot pan, you burn yourself, but it takes like a split second for it to get up to your mind. I feel like burnout is like a slightly even longer delay. It's where you're actually past that point and you're, you're totally done. And then you feel this overwhelming just crash of I'm incapable of doing anything productive right now. That's how at least it feels. It occurs to me. Yeah. Tim? Um, I mean, uh, I agree with everything Jeff says. The only thing that I would add was just like a personal note. Like typically my brain gets really fogged in particular. And I notice I even, it's almost like, you know, when you like overwork a muscle in your body, I get the same soreness like around my head, you know, and I can feel it usually when I wake up the next day, like I'm probably feeling it the night before but I might wake up the next day and I'm still feeling like I haven't really rested yet. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's uh, something that I'm probably going to have to reckon with for a few days before, before it chills out. Yeah. Parcel, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. I was about to say, I think of it in a physical sense, you know, I, I played sports and, uh, you know, you go work out and then let's say you're doing push-ups and then, or whatever it is, and then you just cannot physically do the push-up again. It just cannot happen. Um, and it's not that you don't want to. I think most of us want to do what we're doing, but it just gets to a certain point where just physically, or for whatever reason, you just hit that wall. 
and you cannot do those things. And um, yeah, that, that's to me, that's what uh, is considered burnout. And for me personally, I have like signs that come up that let me indicate to me that I might be kind of, you know, burning the rope here and like uh, burning out because for example, and this, I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but uh, for me, when I park crooked, I know that I'm like stressed and getting overwhelmed. <laughs> oh my so God. That's like a sign for me. Well, and I was going to ask that, and maybe, maybe you can take this one. Like, what does this look like for you? And you're talking more about the physical signs of this, but there's, there's mental signs, there's physical signs. How is that, how is that manifested for you? The parking is a great example. I don't know why. I just, I would come back to my car and I'd be like, who parked this? Because I take pride in parking. I think that parking straight is is a requirement. And if you do it really good, you know, that's just a thing. So when I come back, I'm like, who parked my car? Like, that's a sign for me. But it, I think ultimately it's just like a breakdown of like focus, uh, a breakdown of like just even sometimes a desire to do it. I'm like, I really like doing this. Why am I too tired to go do this? Or yeah. why am I not inspired to go do it? Um, and then just overwhelm and I start to feel like I'm forgetting things also starts to freak me out. And I start to think, okay, I'm probably getting too much is going on. Um, so those for me are signs that I'm like, stuff is going on. Yeah. It's, it's weird for me. I feel like sometimes my head's not in the right place, which is a weird, which is a weird, a weird feeling. I'm usually really on point. And when I start to feel my head's not in this, it's a, it's a big sign for me. Um, one thing I want to talk about is Jeff and I have talked about this before, but there's this concept of being on the road to burnout and you can still help and prevent this from coming into full burnout. And then there's the burnout itself. And Jeff and I had talked before about this being sort of like entering a lava pit. And once you're in burnout, you're in that lava pit and then it's really hard to get out. So we've talked a little bit about some of those signs, but how do you, how do you know that you're on the road to burnout and can you prevent yourself from reaching full burnout? I can just candidly say I have, I, I, I'm, I tend to pride myself on being a very self-aware person. And I can tell you that I actually still have absolutely no concept of being able to predict when I will burn out. Because I'm just go, 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 go all the time. So like when I'm in on something, I'm like 110% in. So for me, the only way that I know that I'm on the road to burnout is because I know that I was on the road to burnout and I'm burned out. So there's, I actually have no distinction or ability to distinguish when I'm getting close because, and, and again, like if, you know, my definition of burnout was remember you're past the point where you're actually burned out. And mm -hmm. I think that's because I can't recognize when burnout is approaching. I just know when I'm already in it, um, which is why I use that lava pit example is like, I feel like for me, I run full speed. And like, by the time I'm, I'm in that lava pit, like I don't remember the fall into it. Um, the one thing I know that, that I've seen that is, that could potentially be the only predictor. And I thought about this when Parshel was talking about the parking straight thing was that, um, because I have attention deficit disorder, uh, when I'm hyper-focused, when I'm like super duper duper focused, if you interrupt me, I get extremely irritable, uh, because getting that momentum is so difficult that when the, the, com the concentration is broken, I get extremely irritable. Something similar actually happens when I have very little focus left. Like when the tank is just about empty and you ask me anything, like, do you like Fuji apples or Granny Smith apples. I would just be like, I don't know. I just can't figure out how to answer the question because I have no resources remaining. But I don't see that like as it's happening. I'm just feeling irritable. 
because I don't have the resources available to answer even the most simple question. I, I talk a lot about that. I've actually referenced the fact that, you know, as, as a busy person, you're really on point all day long and you're, you're, you're feeding things from all directions. You're helping everyone. You're being amazing. And then you get home. And what I've said is I've had, you know, what's for dinner completely put me over the edge. And I'm like, you are answering big questions all day long. And like, are we having tacos was just enough to send you soaring. And that's, that's crazy when you think about it, but that's that's a way it is manifested for me. Um, I also had the experience in college. I would always be sick right after taking my finals. Like I would take my finals, go home for break, and then I would be sick for like the whole the whole of Christmas break. Um, and I think that's another way that it can it can manifest. Your adrenaline is setting in, and then instead of feeling this happen gradually, you literally crash and there can be a real physical side to that. So Tim, anything you want to add? Um, I guess I, there's like so many things that come to mind. Um, number one, like I, I totally empathize with Jeff and saying like irritation is probably my like most noticeable symptom whenever I'm like on the edge or we're there in burnout mode. Um, like I just become very like just sensory information in general, just kind of like everything becomes overwhelming. Like even, even soothing music sometimes for me, like I just need like quiet. I have like yeah. nothing left, you know? And, um, uh, and, and even like, you know, just instrumental music is just like nails on a chalkboard. Um, but that, those are like more extreme cases as far as like me knowing I'm on the road to burnout. It's really hard because, some weeks where I'm like, I feel like I should be burnt out right now, but I'm like just chuggling along like totally fine right now. I'm, I'm sometimes surprised by the fact that I'm not in burnout and other weeks where it's like, I don't really feel like I'm doing that much work. It's more like uh, there are all these like surprising cognitive demands on me. So it's kind of like I didn't expect to be burnt out this week, but it happened. Like, you know, I'm having some challenging moments with clients while I'm also trying to learn this thing while, you know what I mean? And there's like all these series of like small things that just add up to your brain being like, we really can't take any more input right now. So if you could stop, that'd be great. Um, yeah. So I, I'm also like in a position typically where I'm often surprised and I don't notice I'm burnt out until I get irritable at somebody who I prefer not to get irritable at. You know. Yeah, I think that's so interesting, though, because it's not so much about the hours that you're working. Like you're saying some weeks that you would expect to be burned out, you're not. And then other weeks you had a, a lighter schedule, but those are the weeks that you just weren't feeling it. So, I mean, does yeah, that resonate well, with you? Does that make sense? No, it's like like you have all these different, very different things that you do during the week. And the fact that they're maybe relatively simple, but they're like just totally different processes. I feel like in some ways, like strange your ability to do things like, for instance, like if I'm in editing mode, I can just go right. And I'll just edit all week. And that's not a big deal. But if I have to edit, answer emails, deal with client issues um, and, uh, and maybe like have like cook and other things, you know what I mean? Like that's more likely to like strain me out, even if the hours on each of those tasks are significantly less than just me sitting down and editing all week. Yeah, I think that's super important. This isn't about being busy or how much time you're working because you could work 
a hundred hours a week and never be in a state of burnout. Yeah. It's more about what, what is causing that within you. It's, it's not about physical hours. Yeah. 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 As Tim was saying that I, I made a couple notes here that, because it's funny, I, um, it didn't really occur to me to even like break that down, but it, it is not the, and you jumped in with the exact point that I think I was going to make, which is like, it's not the number of hours, but it's how those hours are spent. Uh, and it's not even the number of hours because smaller number of hours can be more, uh, more capable of putting you in burnout than a large number of hours. So I, three things that I picked out that I kind of picked up from Tim, but also um, kind of occurred to me is one, how much external pressure is there? So like if you're doing whatever task it is, if there's external pressure being put on you, it makes whatever that task is that much more taxing to you in some way or another. Uh, there's task switching. So like if you have a week where all you do is you're working on one project, that could be very taxing to you, but there's not a lot of task switching. So you don't have like that cognitive load of switching between things and things and that that residue and that feeling of like, so many things piled up. So you just have that one thing. But if you have a lot of task switching, a single day could feel like just a bombardment of different things. And the third thing is, uh, and this is why I'm burned out this week, is cognitive load or cognitive strain. So certain tasks require you to kind of really uh, synthesize through a lot of complexity where there's other things where you're just kind of like happy-go-lucky going through the day. And, and if you have all three of those, where you have external pressure to complete these cognitively ta uh, taxing things, and you have several of those projects, you have to switch between thing to thing to thing. I think that is like the, the trifecta perfect storm to like immediately find yourself in burnout. To totally. I, I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about the hangover. So I talk about preventing hangovers. And it's Friday, so we all think we know what this means. But when I talk about hangovers, I'm talking about the, the stuff that's hanging in your head. And so you're just bringing it forward to the next day. It's like that stuff on your to-do list that you change the due date over and over and over again because you're not getting it done. Put and that that's what causes a hangover, though. It's like it's it's hanging around in your mind and it's it's exhausting. Yeah. 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 Parshall, do you have any any comments on this? And and can you do you think you can avoid burnout? Is it possible to avoid it? I think it is. Because like you're saying, if you're able to pick up on whatever it is that it, that is for you, then you can hopefully start to make some adjustments beforehand. Or, you know, because some of the things you guys talked about too, like switching between tasks and focus and like a deadline. Like for me lately, I've just become more aware of my calendar, um, even more so. Because it's like, why am I going to be upset about having to or, or feeling some kind of way about having to do something that I put on the calendar and I said I wanted to do? <laughs> like, what is that about? Um, so I, I'm just more intentional about that. So I know that if I'm doing that, then at that time, it's more about the quality, I think, of the time versus all the things that are or what it is that you're actually doing. It's more about the quality versus like all the things that you're outputting. Um, yeah. So then I think like, what kind of activity should I be doing that's more on the higher, you know, uh, higher dollar amount, if you will, per hour. Like, let me stop yeah. doing the $10 or $8 an hour task. And how can I start to just focus on the things that actually are a little bit more quality use of my time? It makes I me feel better too. Yeah. You know what I think is interesting? I, I've often thought of burnout as this state, like I'm in it, I'm not in it, I'm back in it and, and, and helping people with that. But what's interesting is we're really talking about this being very fluid. It, it, from what you're all saying, we're ebbing and flowing in and out of this all the time. This isn't a, 
I'm in it. It's it's the the 20th of the month. I'm in it now. And and tomorrow I'm going to be out of it. But it's really something that's exchanging all the time. Do you do you all feel that? I, I so I do and I don't. Um, just because like my experience of burnout is like it's I'm so far past that point when I get to burnout that like I'm either in it or I'm not. And so it's like when I'm at the point where I can kind of if, let's say that I hit it at like three o'clock on a day, but I still have things to go. It's like, I know I have reserves in the tank to be able to muscle through what I'm doing. So like, I don't see that as burnout because I can find additional resources to be able to muscle through that cognitive task. But I know that once I hit Saturday, I am going to be a brain dead idiot that like can mm-hmm. do nothing, but like, look at my daughter, tell her that she's pretty and then play Spider-Man on P- PS4 for like the next four hours. Like right. that's all I've got remaining is like basic functionality. But are you back on Monday? Like how does then Monday look for you after you've had that experience on a Saturday? I do have a pretty quick rebound. Um, but my burnout is like, I'm like done. Like if, if like if I tell a client like, yo, I'm burned out like that, that takes a lot for me to ever get to a point where I would tell someone I'm burned out. But if I'm burned out, it's because I need you to know that I have no resources remaining for you at all. So I know mm-hmm. you're thinking like, Oh, Jeff, you usually come through whatever. No, hear me. I have nothing. I am brain dead right now. I will be back with you tomorrow, but I need a full night's sleep, a cold brew tomorrow morning, maybe a glass of whiskey tonight, but I'm out. So my experience of burnout is very black and white. You're I'm either burnt out or I'm like, I'm good. I could keep going. Um, but when I'm burnt out, I'm like completely tapped. But, but I think what's key is you're recognizing your ability to rebound quickly. Um, Tim, you also seem to have the ability to kind of ebb and flow in and out of this. Yeah. So, um, I actually, um, uh, I, I feel like different people, like can deal with stress differently. And, you know, we talk about productivity a lot and your ability to like set good processes are like obviously going to help you be able to mitigate burnout. But I think uh, there are some points in life, particularly like, for instance, Jeff has a baby, you know, and that can add a lot of unexpected um, dimensions to your life, which you can't really predict. And it makes your ability to always be able to manage everything that happens in your life and prevent burnout. It makes that very difficult. Or like, for instance, like um, I just found out this morning that um, I have that we had we had dinner with with two of our friends um, on Sunday and they one of their friends who they saw recently just tested positive for COVID. And I just found out like, oh, I'm planning on going to see my family. So now I got to go get tested for COVID on Friday today. So I have my test results back in time and and then, but I still have like all this work that I need to get done before Tuesday. You know what I mean? So that's going to make me have to probably work a little bit over the weekend to get that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I, I think one, like, I think burnout is unfortunately like to some extent part of life, you know, like I, and, uh, and I think if you, and, and your ability to mitigate it has a lot to do with like the circumstances in your life, but also like just your experience, right? Like, so the more experienced you are with knowing yourself and knowing how to, how to manage, manage your work and all those things and having to control those factors in your life is going to be a big deal. But, um, but I think at some point in life for a large portion of your life, you're going like burnout is going to ha- be like, 
be something that you have to deal with in a similar way that like, you know, a thousand years ago, dehydration was something that everybody had to deal with, you know? Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, for me, it's been a, a longer term feeling. It hasn't been quite as fluid, but uh, Parshall, how have you experienced that? Are you coming in and out of it or is it a longer term uh, feeling for you? Um, I think, I think for me, it's like I come in and out of it, I guess, if I would describe it that way. But the thought that came to mind was that I wonder if when, do I hit burnout faster when I'm doing things that I'm not really supposed to be doing or doing things that are not enjoyable for me? They're just not in line, alignment with who I am and what I want to create in the world. Like, I wonder how that factors in um, to that. Because as I've blocked off my calendar and said, okay, you know what, I'm dedicating this many hours to teaching because that's something that I'm committing to doing because I know that that's in me to do. That's part of my journey, part of my vision. And then there's another set time that's for creative stuff. So it's like if, if I'm setting that intention and I'm doing those things and I still find myself burning out in that, then that's, that's a problem. That's me. Of a, to me, it indicates maybe I'm doing something that is not really something that excites me. Because my question that came to mind was like, is just the way my brain thinks. It's like, if I was like on vacation and it was Christmas day and all these, you know, just a wonderful day and everything that I'm doing, whether it's on the computer or learning or being around my friends or whatever, would I get burned out by that? Mm-hmm. You know? And my, my thought was like, well, how can I just freaking create that in my, in, in my own work? So that's why, again, I've been a little bit more intentional. My calendar is really broken off into three things. The stuff that pays my bills, <laughs> the, um, you know, which I do enjoy because that's video. Then there's the stuff where I'm actually teaching or coming up with things to share. And then the creative stuff. So between those three things, that's what I want to be doing. So I really think it's about um, taking control, you know, yeah, somebody put it, taking control of your calendar and just being intentional about the things that you want to do and, Hopefully that factor will reduce the amount of times that I go back and forth uh, to burnout. Yeah. I really can't say that I've been burnt out. Yesterday was probably one of my most hectic and cognitive, like draining days. But at the end of the day, it wasn't like, oh my God, I burned, I'm burned down. I'm like, yo, that was a good ass day of work. Like, I feel like I put in really good work and I feel good about that. I feel good about chilling on the couch. I feel good about eating my little ice cream or whatever I'm about to do. I feel great about that because I had an awesome day of doing the shit that I wanted to do. So to me, it just like kind of cuts out the, I guess, the, like I said, the potential that burnout can show up frequently. Can, can I, can I uh, throw something in there? And, and I think like, I, I feel like a lot of those decisions are once again, like uh, a portion of being relatively, rel- relatively mature in your career. Because I, I know like when I started this, for instance, I was working like part time at restaurants and I was trying to figure out how to like schedule shoots and and not only that but I really wasn't making that much money on what I really wanted to do so then like like how I divided my time between my money making activities and doing this and then not only that but I was also new at the creative stuff so I was also trying to learn that stuff at the same time and I felt like in that dynamic it was really at the time like because everybody starts somewhere like it was impossible to avoid burnout you know what I mean like I I I, and I and I think like a lot of people are coming from that kind of position at some point in their life anyways, where they're going to have to face burnout because like to do those things that they really want to do, they have to, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to, I don't know what a better word for it is. 
at least in America, you know what I mean? Like you're going to have to grind at some point to get like to, to build the space in your life to do the things that you really want to do. And not saying there are people who can avoid that, but I think in general, you know what I mean? Most of us, like, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, there's going to be a period of time where you might have to work two jobs, right? Like that, that that's probably unavoidable for a lot of people. Yeah. So one of the things that occurred to me, the way Tim just phrased that is like, we've used the example, like Parshall used an example about playing sports. And I think we've used the example of like working out, but, um, and, and Parshall also brought up the point about like one of the ways that she's able to kind of avoid burnout is by taking control of her calendar a little bit, like setting aside the time for things that she wants, and then also like enjoying her break time. So there's a lot there, right? So if we think about it as an analog to like working out, I feel like we, we know what it takes to become healthy and like look good and all that when you're working out, right? Like you, you do your exercises, you build in rest periods and you know, you vary things up, whatever, right? In work, I think it's a similar sort of thing, right? Like you want to, you want to own like what your goals are for those things. And you want to be able to maintain and dictate what your schedule is. So it works with your energy and you build in time and breaks so that your muscles and memory and brain and everything have a time to recover. Um, but what I feel like to kind of, to Tim's point, like everyone kind of has to deal with this is like, if you have a job, you're not in control of what gets put on your schedule. You're not always in control of, you know, how many things you have to deliver in a particular week. So you don't get to necessarily build in the breaks. You don't get to own your schedule. You don't get to decide when things go on based upon your energy. And you often don't get rest periods. You don't get to build that in. So we're often put in a position where even if we know the ways that you can alleviate burnout, because I agree with partial, right? Like as I've taken more control over my calendar, I have gotten less and less burnout. I spend less time working on client work. I, I put it in the times where I want to work on it. And then I have built in breaks, times to work on things that are creatively enjoyable for me. So it helps me to avoid that burnout. And where I find that I get in trouble is kind of sour to your point where I start pushing due dates and moving things around and taking on more than I should and filling in those gaps that were supposed to be lunch with the client meeting. And then all of a sudden, again, also to call back to Tim's point, you know, I've got a baby, little things can completely make the whole system come crashing down. Similar to your taco example, like there was a time last week where I was just trying to hang out with my daughter for like 15 minutes in between a call. And she just straight up like peed all over me and all over like the, the changing table. And I was like, I had 15 minutes to be with you. And now I'm going to spend 12 of them like cleaning all of this and like, yeah. And it just sent me off. And then for the next like hour, I couldn't even be in in the zone for my work because it wasn't, it was supposed to be like a rest period of like enjoying this beautiful little human. And instead it was frustration and cleaning stuff up. And it's so often that these things get thrown in your lap where you're like, I did not expect this to be here. It's completely taken me out and I want to take the rest of the day off. And then that just for further perpetuates out all of the things that are stacked up and, and part of your hangover. A hundred percent. And I think the other thing that's interesting is what, what's happened during this pandemic is I've heard a lot about uh, introverts, right? And introverts finally like having their day, right? Like we live in an extrovert world and the introverts are loving this pandemic in a way because they can finally just be at home and not have to make an excuse for it. But what's interesting about that to me has been I am an introvert at heart who can be an extrovert on demand. I'm a great extrovert. I, I can I can be an extrovert anytime I need to be. I actually love people. But what's interesting about what, what I had learned recently is that it's not about 
what you want, but about how you recharge yourself. And for me, I, I've always kind of balanced that. Am I an extrovert? Am I an introvert? What am I? But I really realized that the way that I need to reset my batteries is actually being an introvert. And that's where I get my, um, my mojo back. Right. And my husband is the exact opposite. So it's been interesting as we navigate COVID, I'm kind of okay. (laughs) And he's like, when can we get out and, and see everybody? And it's just an interesting way to think about, you know, what do you need? And, and Parshall, you brought up building in breaks and taking breaks. And I think part of what causes burnout is leading these expectations of everyone else needs me to be doing this or that. But what I need is to just take an hour and sit on the couch and watch a show that I enjoy. And like, is that okay? Is it okay to to be that way? Um, So I don't know if you've all experienced that, especially during this time. Like, how do you need to take breaks? How does that look? Well, for one, when I do go to take the break and decide to take the break, I don't make myself feel like crap for taking a break. Yeah. (laughs) But like, that's the first step is like, I'm going to take a break and partial. It's okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I have to do that. And I have to like, kind of constantly remind myself that even at the end of a long day or whatever it is, it's like, you know what? I did as much as I could do today. There's literally nothing else I could have done. There's nothing better I could have done. It's like just accepting what you've created for the day and doing it with grace towards yourself. So the more I do that, the more I'm actually able to, while I'm there in that hour of taking a nap, doing whatever, I'm fully there because I feel good about being there as opposed to being there and thinking about work. That defeats the point. So for me, when I go to enter that time, I just get my mind frame and say, hey, it's okay. You can chill about the other stuff right now because, you know, your, your phone is going to ding in the hour and say, hey, you got to go back and do whatever it was. So just chill in this moment and go hard in the chill. Go hard in the chill. Like that's, uh, I guess, my the way I have to see it. Otherwise, I'm not really chilling. I'm working while I'm chilling. I, I love that. <laughs> go, go hard in the chill. That is, that is amazing. But I, I think it's really true. And I've talked about that before where – have you ever watched a TV show that you really did kind of want to watch, but then your, your phone's going and you're over here and then you look back and go, I, what just happened in the show? I don't even know. I missed it. And I think being present, if you're going to watch a show, yeah, go for it and, and watch it and enjoy it because that reset is how you need to reset is really important to recognize. I'm curious. So to that point, and I, this is a question for everybody. I'm curious if you do this because it sounds like you're saying you do proactive rest periods and breaks. And for the most part, my rest periods and breaks are completely reactive. They are, I'm done. I need like, I'm shutting down, need to, cannot think, need time off out. Right. So it's like when I've hit that wall, that's when I take my breaks where I sit down and I play video games or I do whatever it is that I need to relax. I'm curious how everybody else does that. If you're like me, where all of your rest periods are like, you simply can't go further, so rest. Or if you're like, you know, if I were to rest now, I would have greater longevity throughout this week, which is just such a fascinating concept to me. I think that's where my mindset shift on that's really changed in recent one to two years, where I would be like you, go, 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 and then maybe physically catch a cold um, and be shut down for, you know, half a day. I got to actually go home and lay in bed. Um, That's how my it manifested for me. But now I do have this ability to recognize much more that I have to be more proactive about it because that's what I need. My batteries need that time to recharge. And Listen, it's taken me a long time to figure that out. Hmm. Partial, 
Parcel, am I right that that's a, a proactive thing? Tim, do you yeah, crash and it burn is like I do? Proactive. Yeah. Uh, wait, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, uh, that's a good question. I, I, um, number one, like I, I'm, I'm also kind of fascinated that that playing video games is one of your chill out strategies. Cause I, I personally find video games really psychologically taxing. It's something I really enjoy, but like, I, uh, I like, like, I, like I haven't really played much video games in the last several months because work's been so busy. And at the end of the day, like if I play video games then I'm going to wake up in the morning and have a really hard time, like having any attention on anything. So a number one, I just want to say that's funny that, that that's something. That's well, it, it, it's, there's actually been a lot of um, research about video games and people with attention deficit disorder. Uh, mm-hmm. It's sort of like how stimulants have an opposite effect on people with hyperactivity disorder. So uh, like, you know what I mean? So like if, yeah. if you give me Adderall, I'm totally chill. We throw Adderall in my wife. She's going to be zooming around the house at high speed. Um, same thing with the video game. Some people will find them mentally taxing. When I throw on a video game, I am as calm and relaxed as I am in any possible way because I need a lot of stimulation uh, and interactivity to calm my brain. So even like um, like having background music, like I work all day almost with uh, the Calm app going on in the background because pure silence can be very distracting for me because I have background processes that are going and they're like, what else, what else there needs to be more. So by throwing on like some very calming white noise, that part of my brain settles. So like video games are the same thing by swinging around the city as Spider-Man. I'm just lost in that activity. Hey Jeff, uh, I know this isn't the direction the podcast was supposed to go in, but now I'm really, really confused about my inner workings because (laughs) I also like can't sit there and just like, like have total silence. Like I, I need like, like in general, I need like music or something or, or, or some like, you know what I mean? Like I'll put on a video in the background or something to be playing. And I'm always curious whether that's like adding to like the cognitive tech, like make, making my brain like more burnt out by putting that on. But simultaneously I'm like, I need something in the background or I can't do anything. I can't and, listen to anything with lyrics. It has to be, it has to be ambient. It like it, it just is enough to keep the background processes quiet without engaging them to say, what did they say? What did they say? What's the song about? What's going on? Like, so it has to be very like ambient. Yeah. But anyway, I know that that's like a total tangent from the like. <laughs> well, well, I mean, but we're, but we're talking about how we, how we focus and kind of hone in and recognizing what we need and mine's different. I need total silence. I find myself, I was a musician before. So as I listen to music, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm, I'm thinking about how my instrument would have contributed to that. And I've listened to it in a different way. Right. So I actually need silence when I'm, when I'm really in a working space. So I think what's important is recognizing what what you need. So how are some of the ways that you all have overcome burnout? We've we've survived it. We've been in it. We've come out of it. You know, how does that look for you? And um, what are the techniques that you use to overcome it? Parshel, do you have anything? Yeah. Um, like I mentioned before, just being more intentional about my time and my calendar and stuff. And um, to piggyback on what you all were saying too about just having something else going in the background, like for me, I can I find that I go back and forth. Sometimes I'll just sit and I can do it in silence, and other times I'm just like, okay, so you know, it's like I notice that my mind is too active, and I'm like, I need to turn on music. Or sometimes I'll put on like, um, I'll turn on Hulu, 
and I will listen to shows that I've watched a hundred times. <laughs> so stuff like, uh, you know, my favorites are like Living Single, Martin, like, you know, the black shows that grew up on this stuff. Golden Girls goes hard too. I can play Golden Girls and like just chill with Golden Girls and just work. You know what I mean? And then every once in a while, I just kind of look over and be like, ah, that's hilarious. And then I'm back. So wow. that's, that's some stuff that I do too is like, that's just how I kind of get through certain times. It's like, it can either be silent or I'll put on some reruns and all that. I need to check into some other shows. Maybe I'll do Family Matters because that's on Hulu now too. That's but, a yeah. great show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Jeff, is there anything else specifically that you do that when you're, when you're feeling that burnout, you stop, you've got video games, you're taking a break. How else does that look for you? Um, I have some good burnout habits and some bad burnout habits. So like the, the bad one that I engage in pretty regularly is I'll browse Reddit or TikTok for like two hours. And like, while it's nice to just disconnect and do something stupid, I also don't find that particularly relaxing. Um, what I find most relaxing and, and, and I think that's the point when I get to burnout, I need to relax. I need to like ease the cognitive strain and do something that makes it feel like play. Um, so that's why video games are a big one, but ultimately I would say that the main characteristic are things that I can get lost in, right? So one of the reasons why silence is difficult for me as a way of alleviating it. Now, if I'm doing like 10 minutes of like meditation, that's great. in like the middle of the day or in the beginning of the day, end of the day, that's great. But if I'm looking for something that's truly going to like reset me and make me good for the next day, I need something I can get lost in. So cooking is one of those things for me. Uh Video games is another one of those things. Anything that's like creative where it's like, this is just a side project that I feel like doing and I'm going to design something or build my website. It's something where like I am completely immersed in that thing. And it's interesting that um, both of you talked about putting on videos in the background. I can't, when I go to a restaurant and there's a TV, I deliberately sit in a way where I cannot see it. Because if I see a, a video or a TV on music, whether there's sound or no sound, I cannot ignore it and I cannot do anything else. So like putting on TV or videos or anything like that is a surefire way for me to get neither thing done well. Um, because I just, I, there's something about it. I have to watch it. I have, even if I've seen it like a thousand times, right? Like I've seen every Marvel movie a gajillion times. So I could put on Endgame in the background and I'm still going to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do my work and watch Endgame and I'm just watching Endgame, but on a smaller screen. So um, I don't know how you guys do that, but but anyway, the, the answer to your question, Sarah, is it's something that I can get immersed in and it, it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. Tim, anything else you want to add to that? Um, yeah. So like, I, like Jeff, I also, I also have good and bad habits as far as like dealing with burnout. Um, when my, when my burnout gets really, really bad, like I literally just have to sit there in silence or go for a walk or something, you know, like I can't listen to music. I can't watch TV. I can't look at social media. I can't, I can't do anything. Um, but if my, if my, uh, but if I'm like, like I'm pretty burnt out right now, but I can still think, you know what I mean? Then that's time where I like, like I'll spend the entire day cooking. Right. And I'll find that really therapeutic. And then I'll include everything from like walking to the store and browsing the ingredients, figuring out the recipe I'm going to do, and then spend the rest of the day, like making whatever it is. And I find that like extremely therapeutic. Um, and, uh, um, but I, I feel like in general getting out and walking around, I find that like in general to be like something that's really decompressing. I think sometimes that's why for me, the winter is a little hard. Like obviously there's like seasonal um, defective defective disorder. Um, Yeah. Uh, 
but in general also just like feeling like I like, you know what I mean? Like during the summer, like I'll be outside, I'll walk to the store literally every day. You know what I mean? Like I'll grab what I need for dinner every day of the week and that'll help me like decompress. But, um, but if I, if I don't have the opportunity to move as much, it's harder for me to decompress at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense. I want to transition a little bit into talking about, you know, should we talk about burnout? Should we share that we are feeling certain ways? And do we share that with our clients, with our spouse, with our friends, with our, with our business coach? Um, a lot of people talk about burnout and it's almost as if it's a badge of honor. So I had a friend and she would always ask me, you know, how are you? How are you? I said, busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm so busy. And one day I said to her, she goes, how are you? I said, I'm really good. And she's like, are you okay? What's going on? Because my answer was just always that I was busy and in this state of crazy. And that was my normal. And I think in a way, like your ego gets in the way of this sometimes and you feel as if you have to be be busy because that's what important people are. <laughs> um, and is there a shame around burnout? Is this something that you don't want to talk about? I, I talk about it a lot because I've seen it in my own life. I know, I know people need to talk about it to make an improvement, but what do you all, what do you all think about that? And how, how open are you with sharing that you're feeling burned out? Uh, so for me personally, um, I, I, I don't, uh, like I'm, I'm really like, I, when I'm older, like when I'm an old man, if I can avoid like as much damage to my body as possible in the meantime, that'd be great, you know? Um, and like mental, mentally in particular, you know, like I, I, I have a, there's a history of dementia in my family, you know what I mean? So like, I would like to avoid things that in particular, might like damage my long-term cognitive functions. Also just from my know, like being an anxious person, I know like you have like a lot of unhelpful chemicals running through your body when you're anxious. Right. And when you're burnt out, like adrenaline, we mentioned like um, there are like good short-term effects to adrenaline, but the long-term effects to constantly having that pumping through your body, it's like pouring acid in your veins. You know what I mean? Over the, over the long haul. Um, so like me personally, like I, I view, I, I, I view burnout as um, as like a, a, a toxic state. Um, also, it's not really good for your like relationships either. Like it makes it very hard to communicate with somebody and empathize with people and, and not be irritable around people who you really don't want to be irritable or, or have problems empathizing with around you. So like uh, I have like, you know, obviously like everybody else, you know, I have relationships that are really important to me. And if I got to the point where like I felt like I had, really damage those relationships because of, you know what I mean? Because of short-term emotional states that I couldn't manage, <laughs> that would be, that would, that would be particularly heartbreaking. Um, so for me personally, like I, it, it's, it's really important too to, when I am burnt out to be able to communicate with those people that like right now, you know what I mean? Like I'm not in a great frame of mind, you know what I mean? So like, I'm going to take some time by myself, you know, like I think it's really important to recognize that and also recognize that like maybe if you're really irritable, they're not doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? But like you're just like you just have very low cognitive functions at the moment and your body's trying to protect you by like snapping at them, even though it's counterproductive. Right. So like mm -hmm. to recognize the symptoms of burnout is really important, too. So then you can communicate with them so they don't take it personally and you can take some space for yourself. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say on that.
That's amazing. I mean, I, th I think that's everything that is so important. The, the side effects of burnout that what that does to our relationships is critical. And I think relationships get broken up over this and yeah. because people can't communicate. It's like I'm processing something in a really hard way. It's, it's critical that we can explain that to people. So I think uh, definitely in, in relationships with people that we're close to, but how, how do you feel if you don't mind sharing about, about sharing that with people that maybe you are so close with, you've just shared it on, on a live uh, podcast here, which is, vulnerable so thank you for that like what do you do you think that's important for people to be so, able to uh, share yeah no absolutely so the I, I actually find the hardest people to communicate that with is my clients you know um and i'm not saying like i have a good reason for finding it hard to communicate but mostly it's like um i you know what i mean like i might be paranoid that my parents my parents my Freudian uh my uh my clients are uh are going to like go on to somebody else, you know what I mean? Who may be able to work in the way that they, you know, work at the speed that they want them to work or something along those lines. So like, I, I don't, yeah. So I don't really have problem talking about it in general to like people in general, it's to the people who I rely on to continue to work with me um, that I think I find it really hard to communicate with. Yeah. Jeff, I want to ask you specifically, because some of the people that listen to this are in a corporate setting, they have a boss, they have a team. So it's, it's one thing if you're an entrepreneur and you, you need to communicate to that to clients, but how can someone do this who's in a more corporate environment and they are really terrified to admit that they have burnout? Um, so to that point, I think one of the challenges is, is that you know, my entire belief structure and the way that I run my business, the way that I interact with my clients, the way that I've been as an employee, terrible, um, is that I fundamentally think there are some things broken in business. I, you know, at the end of the day, I believe we're all on team human, right? Like each and every one of us is a human being that goes to work. Those of us that don't go to work, it doesn't matter. Like we're all humans, right? And each of us has our own strengths, our own weaknesses, our own capacity to bounce back from things, uh, our own, you know, threshold before we hit um, burnout. So when you're, I personally believe that it's in all of our best interest in, in just creating a better world overall and like screw business for a second, but just think about like in any of our environments, our relationships, uh, what we do outside of work, what we do in work, nonprofits that we might work with, like how we, you know, work on sports teams. I think it's in all of our best interests. If we, if we are like me aspiring to be superheroes, to be vulnerable, to be compassionate to others, to be empathetic to others, um, and, and to attempt to be resilient. And I think all four of those touch on burnout and how we should be relating to it. One, by sharing that you're burned out with someone by saying like, I've hit my limit. I have nothing left. You're being vulnerable, which is terrifying, but it's a way to create connection with people in a way that nothing else really can match. And it gives other people the opportunity to be both empathetic with you and compassionate with you to say, this is somebody who's going through something right now. Do I actually need this thing that I'm giving them all this crap about to the extent where I'm going to push them past the point they said that they're at their limit? Or can I just say, you know what, this actually isn't that important. I can wait a day for it makes perfect sense, right? Or I've been burnt out. I understand what it's like. It must've been hard for them to share that given that they probably have reservations about it, assuming that maybe we'll move on to somebody else or we won't think that they're strong or whatever. But I think from your standpoint of sharing it with people, you're showing resilience by saying like, hey, I've hit my point. I'm, I'm, I'm tapped out. But then when you come back like the next day or whenever you're ready and you give them your best again, you're showing that you bounce back. Like it's not like you're taken out of the game. It's that you're, you're human. 
We're all human. We're all going to have, we're going to be depressed at times. We're going to be anxious at times. We're going to be excited about times. We're going to be passionate about things. We're going to be disinterested in things. And I think just in service of creating a more human world, like I think we've lost sight of this in business, whether you're, you know, and mostly in corporate environments where we see people as these like replaceable cogs and units in like this grand machine, as opposed to like, they're humans. They have things going on in their lives. Like take burnout out of the question, right? Let's imagine that you had, um, you know, a death in the family or something like that. I know, Sarah, you've dealt with this recently. Like, should you be allowed to take the time to go and recuperate from that? Yes, obviously. Like everybody encounters something where you have to go and you have to manage that. And I think it's in our best interest as businesses everywhere to be more human in every one of these circumstances. And that means that if you're burnt out, you should share it with people so that they know the conditions you're working with. So that if they do push you on it, one, you know, it's a crappy work environment, but that two, they, they at least have the full set of information and you know that, oh, they know I'm burnt out and they're still pushing me. I might want to rethink this relationship, right? It just puts all the cards out on the table and makes it transparent. I see no reason not to share it. I share everything with my clients, like to the extent of like, I share things with them that I know will cost me business. Like I hear my opinions on things. You can choose to walk away right now, type sharing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's how I view it. Um, so vulnerable. So, so uh, burnout would be no different in my opinion. Yeah. You were actually one of the first people I called when I, when I had the loss in my family and you said to me, like, take the time, take as much time as you need. And that's important. And like, I think deep down, I knew I needed that, but almost I needed someone to give me that permission, which you did for me, which I'm very grateful for. But I think that's something to talk about, you know, why we really need permission from other people. And if we're not sharing it, then nobody's going to give us permission to take the time that we need. I think that that's a real, a real challenge. I I think as a, I'll, I'll speak for myself as a woman, I think that's been really hard is to say, I need this. And, and, and am I, am I getting that right now? So Parjal, you're shaking your head. Does that resonate with you at all? It does. I mean, in in thinking about this conversation, like I realized I haven't ever really told someone that was a client that I learned. I think I reserved those that communication to like, you know, my partner or, or, um, you know, uh, one of my team members or something like that, or, or friend even say, I'm just too tired. I'm going to like, you know, it's been a hard week. I just need to chill out or something like that. Like, because to the client, I feel like they don't care what you know that I'm burnt to. They care, you know, what we're in agreement to do is for me to deliver whatever the deliverable is. Anything else, you know, they'll say, "Oh, that's you know that's unfortunate" or whatever, or or what have you. But I always tell them, "Hey, either something." I, I never say I'm burnt out. I just say, "Hey, I need more time," or you know, whatever the case is. I don't think I've ever said I was uh, burnt out, but I think too, like what you were saying, once someone tells you, "Yeah, take all the time you need." It's like they give you that permission. It, it does feel free. Um, and it's like, okay, well, we should also be able to give permission to ourselves at the same time and in the same way. You know, just give yourself permission and then maybe you don't feel the need to say it to anybody. That's just something that you know you're aware of and you deal with on your own. Um, but, you know, to the point of before where people use burnout as that's just their constant state. Hey, how's it going today? It's Monday. Oh, just, oh my God, I'm so busy. So much is going on. I had this call, that call. I was putting out fires all day. You know, they talked to him on Tuesday or Wednesday. Hey, how's it going? Oh my God. Like, so it's just, that's just what they're used to doing. Um, And I'm like, you should really give yourself some permission to like, just 
take it easy or just go do what you need to do so that we're not in that state. But yeah, I think people also are very used to being in that state. That's just right. their go-to. Hey, how's it do- how you how you doing? Hey, I'm good. You know, that's my thing. I'm good, doing well. Then it's like, oh my God, you know, today, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. But like all the time, you know, like all the time there's always like a ton of stuff going on. And there's no judgment for that. It's just like if that's where you want to be, that's where you want to be. But know that you don't have to be there. You can actually, you know, say something else or you feel different be, about you your You can day. be good. Yes, right? you I can mean, be good enough and everything that happens is happening. You know, I just, ever since I moved to California, I just like, I'm so chill. <laughs> 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 I'm like, forget all this other stuff. <laughs> uh, let me just go sit outside, you know, like. Can okay. I offer one uh, one reframe that that occurred to me as Parshel was talking about? Um, you know, as you were talking, it made me think like we don't tell. So you what you had said was like the client doesn't really care that you're burned out. Like that's the thinking, right? Client doesn't care that you're burned out. You have an agreement to deliver some work, but like and and this can work in a corporate environment. And this can work as an entrepreneur, right? Do clients ever hesitate to ask you to go above and beyond scope? No, they never, they never hesitate to say like, Hey, can you also do this? Or can you do a little bit more of that? Or, or to ask for an additional revision, they never hesitate, right? So they're, if they're comfortable at any given time, your boss, uh, your, your manager, your client, if they're comfortable every time asking for more from you to put more things on your plate, to work longer hours, to give more, then why are we not all 100% well within our rights to ask for what we need to take to take from the it's not a zero sum game but it feels that way right like but to say hey i need some time for me i'm going to go do that right like th- there should be no debate about that because um and and the other side of it is the other point i i know all three of you very well do any of you ever hold back from going above and beyond what's in scope do you ever like oh i have this really good idea but i'm going to reserve that because they're not paying me no of course you don't all three of you myself included go all in we are hard in the paint with every client, with everything that we do, right? So we're not holding back. So if they're going to get the best of us, right, and they're going to get all of what we can give, then why shouldn't we be allowed to take the time that we need to be able to deliver our best to them, right? Like that's the ebb and flow of it. That's the give and take of it. It can't just be what's contractually agreed to upon paper. If we're going to give more sometimes or be asked to give more, then we should be able to ask for more for ourselves at times. I think that's only fair. I, I think it's a great, great way to, to end this. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say also, like, what's the um, what's the quality of your work like when you like go into it um, well rested and and with like a calm state of mind versus when like you you feel like your brain is a, a sponge that's been wrung out like too far. You yeah, know, like just the quality, but it's also your level of productivity, right? Like you're way more productive when you come into it fresh. I think there's been like a pretty sizable growing list of studies that show like four day work weeks don't impact productivity, you know, like because people are more well rested, they come in and those four days are way more productive because they're, they, they're, they're, they come in with a more fresher outlook, you know what I mean? And they're ready to do, do the work. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to wrap it up. I think uh, removing some of the stigma around burnout is important. And if, if you are in a leadership role at a company is to be a leader who talks about this and, and gives people a safe space to talk about it, because it's really important. You know, this is this is a, a widespread 
real problem that people are dealing with right now. And hopefully, you know, this conversation helped people to to bring that to light a little bit more and recognize it in themselves and know that they have permission to do what they need to do to help themselves out of it and to talk to people. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons we're here is to be a sounding board for people. If people need help with this, use us. This is what we're here for. So um, just to wrap up this week, we like to always talk about things that we are into. So uh, Tim's going to take it this week. Tim, what are you into right now? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm really into right now something called Webflow. I think I talked a little bit with Jeff about it in particular. But um, as far as like this is right now my favorite web design platform that exists, period. Um, and uh, it gives... If you're willing to spend a little bit of time to learn it, like your ability to like customize and design a uh, a website to like exact specific like your exact specifications with like your ability to like have animations on the website and have the website be really dynamic and you to like really go all out and design like whatever you want on that website, like Webflow can do it. Um, I've been working on it. I've been working with it and learning it for the past like three months and I'm about to redo my website on it. And I am really pumped for everybody to see how amazing it's going to look when it's done. Oh, and I can't wait. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, and it's not just the platform itself, but like, you know how, like when you're trying to learn something new, you might go on like YouTube and you, you have to like backwards engineer how to do things via going through all these different YouTube videos. Like Webflow has like the most comprehensive, like like it's called Webflow University, like free list of like tutorials on every aspect of their of, of the site. And like each section is broken down by like four videos that are relatively short. And you can like, I'm like, how am I gonna figure out how to do this? And and I went in and I like figured out how to do everything. Like I can't really I can't really express how great it is until you see what I'm building on it. But um, once it's done, uh, if you if you haven't taken a look at it, you should really take a look at it. All right, we're gonna need a live preview on one okay. of these upcoming councils. <laughs> Um, so next week we are going to be taking the week off to celebrate Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has a, you know, safe, healthy Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, be safe. Um, and then we will be back actually on December 4th, which is the Friday after Thanksgiving to talk about morning routines and habits. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us.